Yat e Arnold's ho shik edo shit kezene. Hayesi shamashi wadlo shijado shamaya jado shatido shizede shideja ado shitsilado shanai ado eya shitche shamasane shanal hastindo shanal asta shibije shin lila ado shitna ashigilto yat edo lately con led the nebeke up a cargo ado e nzajago. DJ Aya Ayisi Nejonogo Ak Egoya. We are going into the fall season. It is such a wonderful feeling for some. Some of us are not looking forward to it. I know because it's getting colder. Ashi Abigaya. That will be just fine as we go into the the fall season and the winter season now. Aro DJ Aya Egraj. It is officially October. In the Navajo language, we call that Ranjit. Ranjit meaning the division, the division of the seasons. So now we're at that point where some people refer to today as the Navajo New Year and October 1st. But um, it really depends how you're raised and where you come from and what you're taught. That changes in all varieties and um, I always try to be respectful of other people's point of views. Um, we do have an eclipse coming up in a couple of weeks. Actually, that's going to be taking place in two weekends on the 14th. And if that's the case, then that is the transitioning of the year. So that would actually be considered the new year at that time. But um, some of us refer to it as October 1st because that's traditionally what we're used to. Ranjit being October and October 1st being here, you know, going by the calendar. That's what some people go off of. But I, I've seen a lot of debate going back and forth on social media. So um, it's good to know that we practice that and we're following that respect for the changing of the seasons. And... We are now in going into fall. You feel fall. The fall atmosphere is around us. And um, the colors of the leaves will be changing pretty soon. The chechil will be getting dry. And it's going to be officially turning into winter pretty soon. The ground will frost. And we'll be going into... Um, well, actually, you know, they actually started the... Meaning the Yebiche ceremonies, the night way um, is what some people refer to Yebiche as. They have the Yebiche starting. Um, that starts off the season. Although, you know, for some of us, the <clears throat> The uh, ground hasn't really frosted yet, so um, but remember way back when Shiprock Fair used to be pretty cold, so and the ground used to frost by then, but um, that just shows the changing of the seasons and how some of those things should be pushed back some, just in respects for Mother Nature around us. We have a change in the seasons now. And of course, there's a delay, I guess what you would call it. Um, there is some sayings, though, you know, when the seasons change, there used to be an offering that was given. Sarn Khatkhati used to know 
how to give those offerings and where it was done at throughout Navajo land. And um, those folks that used to do such um, have passed on and some of those teachings were not shared or were not passed down or nobody wanted to know or learn. There was no apprentice to pick up those ways of those Khatkhali that used to go around making offerings at certain areas throughout Navajo land in preparation for the next season. So some folks always say <clears throat> that's why the transitioning of the seasons is different now. There's a delay. There's a different change of rain. The, the water falls in different times now. Some years we get heavy rain. Some years we don't get heavy rain. All the rain that fell last year was from an offering that was given four years ago at, um, at San Francisco Peak. There was some medicine people that got together and they put a, a bundle together and they took the offering to Flagstaff and took it up to Dichitlitzil um, and they made that offering to that mountain to bring water. And of course it didn't happen until last year. So that was work from people that did those offerings and prayers about four or five years ago. So there used to be such things that happen you know, asking for snow, asking for cold weather, asking for warm weather, <clears throat> and that has really changed nowadays. So I just wanted to share that real quickly with you. Aro Yat E Nan, welcome to episode 14. Um, today's episode is brought to you by such a productive, busy week, a wonderful atmosphere around us, coming upon us, good thoughts, good memories. Holistic beings as Balashtlai, Nokati, and Dana'a, as we get ready for the winter ceremonies to come upon us. And my favorite part of Yebiche, and I, I don't know how well some of you know Yebiche and the, the whole ceremony process, but like right now in Shiprock, the, today's October 1st. Um, Two days ago, yeah, they have what they called Jishyahikid, um, uh, meaning that the medicine bundle has arrived now, the medicine man is there, and he's preparing the process for the ceremony to take place. So Jishyahikid A, that happened last week, and now we're in the first weekend, we go through this week, and auto next week, she, A, um, Saturday, next week on October, Seventh, a yei ash, meaning that the yei mask will come out and they'll dance. Auto Sunday, a ya doli 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 anil, and that's the bluebird song happens in the morning, and the blessings of the bluebird bring on the blessings of this whole ceremony. Such a wonderful feeling, such a, an amazing thing to witness. But um, be mindful. Uh, if you if you're not initiated in this process, if you if you haven't seen the yei, if you haven't been initiated properly by you know wearing the mask and having the yei blow in your ears and go through that whole process, and even if you go to the extent of um, getting painted with the dleish, um, follow and respect that protocol. And don't just show up at the Yebiche thinking that you can just come and attend like Nda or other ceremonies. Um, this is very different. And 
you have to go through that first before you can come to watch the ceremonies how it used to be if you just show up and you watch things can happen to your vision or your hearing so just um you know just a, a fair i don't want to call it a warning but just a fair recommendation for you to follow that process um, for your benefit for your longevity of your life as a human being um auto um this week was so busy so many things going on now that september has ended and we began a new physical year for some of us as they call it the governments restart their cycle and physical year starts october 1st and everybody can spend 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 yeah be careful how you handle that money but um some of us in retail this is the busiest time of year for us as we go into fourth quarter of this year and a lot of good things a lot of good opportunities have been taking place throughout these past couple of weeks again as we've been going forward and kind of getting ready for the busiest time of year. Um, I do um, would like to thank all of you for being very patient with me and and being out and being busy and coming back and trying to stay organized with my work, my career, my education. I want to start this episode with the ideals of hard work. Yeonadnish. What kind of work do you have? What kind of work do you do? Where does work start? Where does it end? Auto. Some of us, some of us refer to work as tiring, but that work really benefits us as humans. Yeah, it it supports us mentally, physically. It supports us financially, and we've been through a pandemic where a lot of people lost jobs. And then it's been very hard to bring people back to work. The, the, the generation now, out of all due respects, is very hard to recruit and retain to, to fill certain jobs. A lot of the dependency on some of these monies that have come down from the federal level um, have, have really spoiled us. And we've become very dependent on those free money. But free money is never free, yeah money has to get paid back some way so through the next years next decades taxes and whatnot will pay back all these billions of dollars that have been allotted for COVID-19 relief but um hard work yeonadnish always was told us always was 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 told to me from my my parents my grandparents especially my che uh, used to always say that to me. My late my son too used to always say, um, let him go to school, let him work, leave him alone, let him do what he needs to do. And um, that really, really um, drove me to do these things, to go to school, to go to work. Uh, these last four years when I was working with the government, that kind of work was very stressful. And I refer to that work as a does. It was heavy. It was strong. And you had to think critical thinking and having instilled a bigger mindset to do things for the people. 
And those are one of the teachings that I've always lived by. You have non-nish at the work. You have non-nish with your family. You have work at home as well. And those areas of work keep you mentally capable, keep you healthy, keep you young. If you tend to just sit back and watch people go by, you get left behind. And that's a scary feeling too, when you get left behind because everyone's working around you and they're, they're contributing and they're moving. You see, you're sitting there, kick back, your arms behind your back, your legs up on the stool and you're just enjoying yourself. Yeah, it's nice to do that every now and then, but there's things to do. There's stuff to get ready for tomorrow. There's things to prepare yourself for, to have a successful day the next day, a successful week, a nice home, a clean home. Another thing that I was always taught from things from home, I'm talking about things that I learned from home, is um, A, that's my mom. That's the person that used to say that to me all the time. Those are the two that always used to say that to me. I used to always get told that a lot from my grandma and my my mom to this day. My mom is to behave yourself. Behave. And that sticks with you. You're real careful with how you portray yourself. Because the first thing people say around here, yeah, they don't say, oh, hey, hey, that's just him. They say things like, hey, Jimmy, be yet. Hey, Thomasina, be Sally, Batsui. You know, that's the first thing people, that's the first thing I think about people when I, I tend to judge, quote, unquote, no pun intended, Miss Janie Shorty Tom. Um, we have this little inside joke about me judging people anyway. Um, but you watch people and that's the first thing you think of. And of course, you know, I've, I've, I'm careful about myself, where, I, where I'm at, who I'm with, and, and what I do and what I put out there because I think of those things. Is something my mom always said to me, especially when, when things were good, <laughs> especially when I did good things, especially when good things happened. Like you know, I graduated from college, or I got a promotion, or something like that. It never fails. Someone always has to say, You know, there will always be that. No matter, no matter the success, no matter how good of a thing we're celebrating, I always got yelled at. I always, that always happens. That always happens at a graduation too, right? When you go to a reception, people are there to celebrate the graduate, but the first thing they say too is, go to school. Don't have, I, 
a child come back and work you know you hear that a lot and i go through that too even to this day uh a third thing uh is what i'm gonna expand on a lot <clears throat> is um is being told i always was told that go to school is what my che it was always my che that came from my che and my dad those were the two that always said that and i mentioned what my dad used to tell me when he used to take me to school in high school and i also have my che who always told me go to school i never got to do that i never went to never finished high school i never went on to college i don't know what that feels like but you're here to do that for me he will always tell me that and that's why I always made my education a priority. And of course, um, I'm going to talk more about that part as we go forward. But I also want to finish it with this. In these little teachings that I was taught, my grandma was always the main one who used to always tell me too. In jewelry, Shantsutsui, where is your jewelry? We make you bracelets, we make you rings. I was always get, uh, uh, she would always get upset with me over that if I didn't wear the bracelets or jewelry that they used to make me. My grandparents used to make me a set. I've had a set of jewelry since I was born. And I got jewelry when I graduated for Christmas. I always got a bracelet and a ring from them. And I have all of them. I'm so thankful for that and the the last part is when i was given when my grandma would always say to me you finish your school you have a nice job you have a little baby bracelet on she always used to say that to me. She used to say, you have a nice job, you finish your education, you have a nice job, you wear baby bracelets. Where's your nice bracelets we used to make you? My grandparents always made me jewelry, so I had jewelry, and I would buy jewelry. They would give me jewelry all the time, and necklaces too. She used to say that to me, you know, in yo shan. Where's your necklace? Men wear necklaces in the Navajo way. And she used to hate it when I used to wear t-shirts too. So she used to say, where's your collared shirt? A nice button-down shirt, a long sleeve shirt. That's how Hastui dress in the Navajo way. She used to say that to me. Tuck in your shirt. Nice pants, not these ones with the holes all over it. Nice shoes. She, used to, she was always critical of how I dressed. And how I presented myself. <clears throat> so I, I, I credit my grandma so much for that because I dress the way I do today and I'm careful how I dress. I don't wear jeans with holes in it. I don't I wear t-shirts at home. I wear t-shirts to go go work out and do things like that, but I I can't wear a t-shirt all day every day. I have to have a collared shirt on, whether it's a polo, whether it's a long sleeve shirt, a blazer jacket 
something. You know how I present myself, and that's how my grandma's always been, especially the jewelry part. She used to say, you know, what kind of job do you have that you only have that little itty bitty thing? Her, her biggest motto was your first paycheck, your, your big paycheck, whatever you get, invest that back into something that will, you will keep and protect you and will be a memory of your new job, your new endeavors, your accomplishing your goals. Bless yourself with those things. Instead of nowadays, it's like get a fancy new electronic or buy a big TV or whatever. But she used to always say that to me, you know, have nice jewelry. And because we're Tukapanha too, she had Yotlachigin. She used to say that to me too. Not anipi Yotlachigin. Leaders wear coral. And she would always tell me that. Make sure you get yourself a nice coral necklace someday. I have hers and I have mine. So those are just some of the things I wanted to talk about in this and going back to the education part so I left for my residency and this has been a long time coming since summer but I left for my residency um, back at the September 18th I actually left on the 17th which was Sunday September 17th I left to Phoenix for my residency and I had to go through this in order to move forward in my research. I'm at a point now where I begin my research where I start a dissertation <clears throat> and where I start accomplishing the last parts of my doctoral program but I will be very honest with you I was dreading this so much I didn't want to go I didn't want to do it anymore and I, I just was dreading being away the whole week. And it was very difficult for me to leave. But I had to go and I kept telling myself, maybe I'm okay. Maybe it's fine that I don't continue this. Two masters is good enough for me. I've been good with that for a while. And I don't need a doctoral degree. Um, I'm good is what I started to convince myself. But um, I did all the coursework and now I start this phase. And so I told myself, I'm gonna contradict everything that I talk about. I'm gonna contradict everything I'm about when I promote self-awareness, self-growth, and making yourself a better person and, and, and blessing yourself with all these tools that you need in life so i sucked it all up and i left and i kept thinking of those words of all those things were running through my mind as i was driving down to phoenix and i got there uh, late in the afternoon early evening on Sunday <clears throat> and then um, I had to go to a welcome reception all the doctoral candidates were there and we didn't even talk to each other we all sat at our own table then I thought okay I guess this is just like home you know how we all ignore each other and we just sit on different tables and we don't like to talk to each other yeah it was like that 
So um, I just went along with it, sat there and mind my own little business and thought I'm the only Navajo here. I'm the only native it looks like that I'm here. Everybody else is of a different ethnicity and background. So um, it started from there. Sunday went on into the evening and then Monday came around. It was an early start and we had to leave to tour the campus and real basic things. And while I was there that morning, I kept thinking like, I don't know why they brought us here. We don't need to see this. This has nothing to do with the doctoral program. These are undergrads that they're making us talk to or be with, you know, just being all too good for all that kind of a thing. So um, then the afternoon started and they started sharing all these information, these slides and everything just started bombarding us with information like this is this is a practicum this is what you're going to be doing this is a prospectus this is what you have to develop these are your goals by the end of the week this is what a methodology is about this is what your program is this is these are all of your your cohorts that you're going to be with and completing the program just all these things started bombarding us that monday and i was so worn out by that evening with all this information, I kept thinking like, I miss home, I miss everybody, I wanna go home. <laughs> I got to that point. But my stress level from one being the lowest, 10 being the highest, was still at like a, on the first day it was like a one. Monday went to a five, and then Tuesday it went to a 10. Wednesday was a 10. And I was just like, Tuesday came around and, um, you know, I update my mom, I update um, close friends about what's going on and what I'm going through. And um, I go to the course and we went straight into the dissertation, the methodologies. And mind you, I'm a, I'm a doctoral business major, business administration and organizational leadership and my focus when i arrived was going to be on the pandemic and the effects on navajo artisans and small businesses on the navajo nation i went down with the idea that i'm going to do my research based off of what they call qualitative methodology qualitative methodology is based on the analogies of doing research from personal experiences from emotional experiences, from a psych psychology standpoint of the mind of the situation that you're trying to do research on. Mind you, I'm a business major too, so that's not common. And my advisor did tell me that. I did go through all that and I kept saying, well, you know, you don't know what we went through on Navajo during the pandemic, what artisans face, what small businesses face. I want to record those experiences from people that I worked with through the pandemic. I want to document the emotional stress that they went through, how they maintained their business, and also financially analyze how they survived the pandemic. That was my intent. My advising chair came from Georgetown and she flew in from Washington DC to be there. And mind you, she's probably younger than me too and she's a PhD and she's a chair at the university out there and she comes in and she's like, no. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me? 
And she's like, no, you're going to research for the next 20 years if you plan to do this type of writing and you're, you're a doctoral student in business, you cannot do a qualitative method. That's not common. You need to do quantitative because you've got to analyze the financial capacities of these individuals and these businesses before you can qualitate any of that. And I was just like thrown for it, the whole thing. And I was like, so my methodology changed from qualitative to quantitative now. And I have to, I have to analyze the analytical process of the financial capacities that our artisans went through in the years 2019, 2020, and 2023. And so she she took me down this road. She she took apart my whole presentation, and she even dissected the title, you know, because it was like financial effects on Navajo artisans, and she she defined each word: financial meaning what, Navajo meaning who, artisans, artists, and artisan. Are you sure that's the right word? Why are we saying on? Why are we not saying for? Why are not we saying as a result of? These are the things you have to think about because when you write this paper, this is how it has to be aligned. And it was it was it just threw me for a whole different level of academia. And I just kept thinking like, oh my god, I can't do this no more. I'm I was so frustrated and I you know, I would update my mom and she would say her text back to me was quick and it was simple. It was stick to it and pay attention. That's all she said to me. And she did her best to leave me alone all week. And it was, she did that on purpose too, because she's like, I didn't want to, after the fact, she was like, I didn't want to, you know, say certain things because I, I didn't want you to feel lonely. I didn't want you to get sad. I want you to do that. We have time to do all that after you're finished. So I was getting nothing from mom. She was just like, stick to it, pay attention, uh, leave me alone. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, thanks a lot. But um, I, I made it. I made it through the week and I had to redo my residency. I'm sorry, I had to redo my prospectus. I had to redo the presentation because I had to defend this perspective I had to defend this whole thing on Thursday of residency week. So I only had like two days to fix everything. Uh, anxiety went into a thousand percent. Stress went up to 10. I broke the stress level, the scale level, but um, I made it. And of course, we're talking about the it is not known perspectives and the focuses on artisans and the pandemic and the financial effects that they went through. And it was very, very interesting to be at that level of learning and to be in this cohort of individuals who are at the same level with you because that's the only place I can feel in the same environment, but still at the same time, you're like, I feel like I'm not smart enough to be here. All these folks flew in to be here. I drove in and I was so thankful. I met another Navajo and she came from Flagstaff by way of of Kienta's her hometown and um, I was so happy to have met her but she's in a different cohort but we're part of the same program 
the same doctoral level, but she's in a different program. She's part of a different cohort. So um, it was good to meet her. I met her on the first day. We met every morning at breakfast. We met at lunch. We exchanged information. Um, she's going into the medical side, so she's doing. She is doing a qualitative and our quantitative, and I'm doing quantitative now. So um, it was very good to have met her, and I'm so thankful to to have talked to her and talk in Navajo. And we were the only two unique individuals there, and people would ask us questions. By the time Thursday came around, everybody was friends. They wanted to get to know you. I met one of my cohorts from east uh, the East Coast and Trell, and I never knew her, but we knew each other through the discussions online. We finally met in person, and she's such an amazing person and so smart, and everybody is. It's crazy the level of knowledge that these folks have, but they also look up to you too because you're at that level, but you don't think you're at that level. And this, mind you, these are kind of like what I refer to as the Western way of, of leveling yourself up. I don't do that. When we had to introduce ourselves, we had to tell what degrees we have, our years of education, what is our career, and what do we plan to do. I had to remember what degrees I had. I had to remember, I had to use the, the westernized way of thinking of who I am as far as a CEO, because I don't say that, and I only use the Navajo terminology for that. So in English, it's very different. So it was like, okay, um, and I'm a CEO. You know, you get kind of shy and you're like, oh yeah, you know. But anyway, um, yeah, it was, it was a different level of learning. And through this whole week, I kept thinking of those words, but I, I lost sight. I did lose sight Wednesday, Thursday. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go home. I'm going to pack everything tonight. I'm going to leave early in the morning. I'm going to go back and I'm going to forget this was my was where I went. But I didn't. I had I had one person in my side who kept me motivated who it's always the opposite i swear we're the opposite we're 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 opposite i'm always the one that's like you can do it stick to it encouraging sharing encouragement this time around he was more like you gotta do it you're there you're this far i bet you did great that kept me and i'm i was so thankful for that and I had another individual and she did the same thing and she it was only those two it was always those two like every day texting each other updating you can do it just all these words of encouragement and it kept me it, it really grounded me to get to Friday and to get home so, uh, yeah. So as Thursday came around, I I was eager to defend my my um, prospectus because I wanted to get it over with and I wanted to enjoy the rest of my day on Thursday, and I wanted to come home Friday, but I couldn't leave Friday until everyone was done by noon. So I was still stuck there, 
And Thursday morning, when I was at my low, when I was like defeated, but I did what I could and I revised everything and I got it ready. And I was still signing up to present first. Well, actually, I signed up for number four. And and I chose four because of Navajo 4, you know, that whole thing. I, I, I selected spot four that afternoon on Thursday. Even though I didn't feel 100% about it, I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna do this and I'm going to do my best. And if I have, what's the worst that could happen? They're going to tell me to start all over next week, Monday again? Probably not. So, I, I, you know, I, I came to reality. And finally, that morning, the main professor that was there, um, doctor, I forget his name, I'm so sorry, but um, he reminded me of Dumbledore, you know, from from Harry Potter, like the head wizard. It felt that way. And he was like this, this tall individual in his elder years who has all this knowledge. He walks into the room and everybody knows to pay attention. Even the other professors know to pay attention. And Professor Smith is his name, Dr. Smith. And um, he, he captured the room and the attention. And he said some words that I that I needed to hear. And his words was, were, you are in this doctoral program to expand your horizons. He said the, the ultimatum that people think about when you go into a doctoral program to get your PhD is that you're doing it to become smarter. You're not really doing it to become smarter. People ultimately think that because you're getting a doctoral, you are in the process of wanting to be smarter than everybody back home. And that's the generalization of a PhD. He said, it's not that. You're in this program because you're expanding your capabilities as a human. You are here to expand your capacities and to become a better you. And it was, it was so like the sun came up. And I needed to hear that because he, he said, the rate of this high of education is very small because it's challenging. It's very small and the rate drops because individuals get so far and they don't want to put in the work. They don't want to expand their thinking and to become a bigger part of academia and learning. He said it is very challenging. This will break you. It will challenge you. Your, your brain will hurt. But this is why you're a doctoral student. You're going to analyze things, take them apart, and every aspect's possible, every word, every analogy, you're going to analyze, synthesize, you're going to do the whole thing and become a better vision of your research. And you're going to put it all back together and you're going to explain that process. In order to be a better you, you have to be challenged. And this is another thing, too, is that you become a very rare member of society. And I thought, I never thought of it that way. And he said, if it were easy to become a doctoral PhD student, candidate, recipient, 
everybody would have one. Everyone would buy one if it were that easy. But you have to go through this process in order to become that PhD. It was so eye-opening to hear that. I needed to hear that because I was ready to give up and I thought, I can't do this. But then I thought of people back home. I, I thought of people that that are in education and I thought of younger generations, you know, where is our rate gonna be at higher levels of learning? Are we gonna only go so far? Or are we going to get higher and better our society and better ourselves with this? You know, we need this westernized education to bring us to the table to contribute to conversations at a higher level, high levels of conversations and learning and understanding to counteract and to overcome all those disparities that were put on our people since the treaties, since the era of of extinction of our of our kind it, it's such a tool that will take you far and it is wonderful to be going through this program even though it broke me it's going to break me again at some point but i'm sticking to this i'm going to pay attention i'm going to have my cheerleaders in my corner and i'm going to make it and i encourage that for you for your children is to encourage them to become, encourage yourself to become better people and members of society by reaching higher levels of understanding and learning and no matter anything that you do. And that's my, that's my title for this week. Higher education, higher capacities, a rare member of society. It's easy for us to take the shortcut and the easy route and criticize and stick to a, a level of hate, a level of pity, or you can take the higher roads and become better people and, and a better society for us and for our future. And so it was so wonderful to return home. I flew home, I made it back by 5 p.m. on Friday. It was so wonderful to see everybody it felt like I was gone forever, but I was just a week that I was dreading. And I'm so thankful to everybody who was there to help me and to support me and to remind me why I'm there. And I want to share that. I want to continue to share that ultimatum of encouragement with anybody and everybody who want to become better individuals of higher through higher education and learning if there's any more time to do it it's now ever since then I, I run into people and they ask me like oh my god you're doing a phd and i'm like yeah you should too um because we're a rare member of society and we need to contribute to our people and that was the answer to my question to the question too is why are you doing this I said, I'm doing it for everybody. I'm doing it for my, my family. I'm doing it for Navajo artisans. I'm doing it for my people. I'm doing it for them to read. I'm doing it for it to be part of a higher dialogue of opportunity and decision-making at the, at the leadership level. I'm doing it for the benefit that 
we learn from this and we continue to move forward and make recommendations and changes for the benefit of our children, our unborn children, our grandchildren, everybody in the far future because it's what we're supposed to do as Navajos. And lastly, I do it for myself. So I, I just wanted to take you on that journey and share with you my experience with what I went through um, where I'm at now in my doctoral program and where I plan to go. And if everything stays on track and I, and I focus and I do the writing, the research, I go through IRB and I, and I analyze and I write, I should be done by May of 2025. It's going to be here so quick that hey, time flies so fast now, you know, we're already in October of this year, uh, a year from now. I will be finalizing a lot of work and going into finalizing some research, preparing it for defense against my committee and acceptance of my dissertation. So yeah, I'm excited. And I do have a question for you. And what word has the most meanings in the English language? Think about that. I was asked this question, what word has the most meanings in the English language. You can respond to this podcast, um, whether you're on Spotify or whether you're on uh, Apple Podcasts, or you can send me an email, jt.willy at yahoo.com, or send it to me on one of my socials, Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat, wherever I have you. But send me your answer, and I will share the answer at our episode 15 um, which will be coming up. Um, this week is going to be the Northern Navajo Fair, Shiprock Fair, from October 5th through the 8th. Um, we also have October 9th, next week, uh, I'll be on travel. I'll be heading out to Los Angeles, and I'll be coming back later in the weekend. But um, next week is also October 11th. So if you've been following on my journey... October 11th is an important day for me. Um, October 11th is actually the day that my grandma passed away. October 11th, 2016 uh, was when she left. And that was seven years ago. <clears throat> and, it, and it feels like yesterday. Um, next week's podcast will be very emotional. Um, because I want to talk about it and I want to share what has happened since seven years and where I've grown and gone. So um, I look forward to seeing you next week. And, um, and always I'm appreciative for you taking time to listen. And when I see some of you, you share your experiences with me. And you share your relations to some of the things I talk about. And I'm glad that I can embark on some memories with you. As well as also share some teachings of where things have come. And how we're related to each other. And, and where we see ourselves grow. So Thank you for listening today um, and sharing my edu educational journey. 
Um, I try to use fancy words because that's what PhD people do, but I know none of those words, so I'll never use them. I will never call myself doctor either, but um, I encourage you to reach a higher level of understanding of yourself being and, and bettering yourself as a human, whether it's through learning from home or learning in the westernized society of education because that's what this episode was about at the beginning i shared teachings from home that you can't find anywhere that nobody can experience only in this only in the system of growing up with a very 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 close home on navajo those teachings of um, and then now the um, aspects of learning in the westernized society of education through going to college, whether it's um, um, a bachelor's, a master's, a PhD, or whether you're getting a certificate in a specialty like um, welding, like um, architectural designing, like fashion designing nowadays. There's so many opportunities for us to capture. And I always think this too, and I want to leave and close with this. Do those things so it brings you to the table. You know, only certain people are allowed at the table. But do those things so that you bring your history, your ancestry, your mom, your dad, your grandparents to the table with you. And everything that you do, because you're part of that change, you were their prayer. They, they brought you here. They prayed you into existence to carry on a good future for yourself, for your lineage, for your clans, for where you come from. Thank you very much again for listening in on this podcast. Please keep in mind that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests, and they do not necessarily reflect the official position or policy in regards to JT Woolley. While we make every effort to provide accurate and up-to-date information, the content of this podcast may not always reflect the most current news, developments, or those of everyone's belief or background. Ahyahat.